The following program is sponsored by Team Reba of REMAX Metro Eastside and Eric Osnes of Homebridge Financial Services. Welcome to Open House with Team Reba. Each week, Team Reba will be bringing you a roundup of real estate and mortgage news, along with information about the local Puget Sound region, highlighting some of the best and brightest entertainment options, family events, neighborhood highlights, and local business interviews, so you can feel right at home in the Pacific Northwest. Welcome once again to Open House of Team Reba. I'm Reba Hass of Team Reba, Remax Metro East Side. And Eric Ossis here from Homebridge Financial Home Mortgage. Happy weekend. Yes, happy weekend. And it's another fun going into summer, lots of things that are going to be happening as things open up That's right. again. We're very excited about, you know, upcoming news and uh, ability to mingle in the real world again. I'm excited. <laughs> That's right. You're the looking one... at me funny. Why, why no, is, no, that, no, why is that funny? Uh, absolutely. You're absolutely right. The one thing that hasn't slowed down through this whole pandemic has been our, our housing market. Duh, yeah. Everybody's <laughs> been real busy with that. Mm-hmm. But the, but it's been a K-shaped economy. Yes. You know, if you think about the letter K, half of it's going up and half of it's going down. And so, you know, half of the folks out there have been busier than ever and, mm-hmm. you know, dare I say prospering. And the other half been getting crushed, mm-hmm. and it's yeah. going to be real nice to turn that K into by Q. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I don't know what we're going to turn it into. I, you but, know, I have wondered because every time they have been talking about the K, you know, economy, I'm just like, what will yeah. that turn into? Well, hopefully, like a, a V. A G, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, where everybody, everybody's going up. Yeah. You know, so that's that's the goal. And well, I will we say, just have our fingers crossed. Well, and you were saying last week. Um, during the show, you know, you had certain markets that were, you know, really starting to come back, mm-hmm. right? Because travel, you know. Yeah, sectors of the economy, yeah. uh, you know, and in particular, you're, you're absolutely mm-hmm. right. Travel was way up. Uh, sporting events mm-hmm. are way up. Used car sales are way up. That's mm-hmm. due to a chip shortage. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, hotels are way up. Yeah. Personal computers. And that's kind of where I was going with my intro is that, like, we're going into summer where you can relax. Mm-hmm. And you were like, oh, and then everything's busy in our market. <laughs> and I'm like, oh, well, don't remind me. I need well, a break. <laughs> no, where I was going with that is that there's also a bill uh, that's been introduced into Congress uh, mm-hmm. about a $15,000 tax credit for first-time home buyers. Oh. And so that one is um, – it's already – you know, bill's been presented. It's called the First Time Home Buyers Act. And is that similar to the one we had back in like 2009? Yeah, it, it sure is. Um, back in 2009, it was $7,500. This one is $15,000. Um, the way the bill's written, it would be available to anybody uh, who is earning more than 100 or less than, I say, 160% of the median income, you know, for the local areas, which in this market equates to income of 171000 or less. Really? And, uh, but the home could also be worth no more than 110% of the median sales price, okay. uh, which is still way the heck up there. But oh, if yeah. you took, um, you know, $15,000 and a 3% down payment, that's a $500,000 home. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, you know, and, and one side of me, I'm, I'm kind of happy to see that type of a program come about. But the other side of me uh, is, is nervous about it because what's our big problem here? It's not down shortage. payment. It's a shortage of housing. Yeah. You know, so this isn't going to do anything to, to help that right. aspect of our market. Uh, you know, I would I would almost rather see a credit go towards builders who build affordable housing yeah. or something along that line. Why did they decide this route? Do you know? Uh, it was a campaign promise. 
that's pretty much you know pretty much it i'm not 100 percent sure this one was that well thought out to be honest yeah it sounds like maybe not because i'm trying mm -hmm. to figure out why well in our market it, it will only make matters worse yeah i think uh you know I, no i would agree with you yeah. i mean i've i'm i'm having the same conversation uh I just had uh, a gal actually that was going to be a mutual client of ours is considering holding off another year mm -hmm. because they're afraid they can't find there's so many bidding wars and, mm -hmm. and they're yeah. they're asking me to prognosticate like what happens next year. And I said, that's a big crapshoot, you know, right. like it's a who knows, because it's going to depend on what happens with interest rates. We're, we're still going to have a shortage. They're not building houses fast enough. Mm -hmm. And the ones that they are building are more expensive than what most people can afford. Mm -hmm. So it still is. makes. Yeah. And for anyone who's been refinancing to take advantage of the really low rates, um, you know, I sat in on an economist uh conversation just about two weeks ago and they were showing you know how you know the numbers of homes that are available are just going down because a lot of people are staying put because mm -hmm. it's so much right. more affordable after they refinanced oh yeah absolutely. right so uh, it's a it's a challenge it's a challenge but yeah. there's a there's a lot of things that are challenges out there and i think that's gonna segue into our guests that we have today and i say that with an s because we have plural plural guests with us you know last mm -hmm. week we had darcel lobo on a lot of times we only have like a single person here in the you mm -hmm. know in the studio because um, we also have a limitation on how many people can come in but today we have three guests with us and um we're going to be talking about a topic that i'm personally quite thrilled about mm -hmm. and is something that i'm glad to hear more and more people having conversation about because we're going to be talking about dei diversity equity and inclusion mm-hmm and specifically, a lot of our listeners know that I have been part of the Renton Chamber for over six years now, mm -hmm. and I've met some pretty amazing people during that time. And um, one of our guests is Sean Greenlee, who is one of my fellow board members. And Sean, welcome to the show. Hey, thank you so much for having us on the show, Reba and Eric. It's a, it's a pleasure to be here. Yes, super excited. We're also going to have Benita Horn. We'll let her explain her role as we come in. As she's the inclusion and equity consultant for the city of Renton. And we'll have Zenovia Harris, who is the CEO of the Kent Chamber, also with us. But, Sean, I want to get started with you about this whole community conversations um, that has been a program that's been going on for several months now. Um, that I think is phenomenal. And I, could you could you start our listeners off on kind of what what is this program? How do, what's the genesis of yeah, this program? Well, first off, as you as you said, I'm Sean Greenley. I've been a member of the Chamber of Commerce for over three years now. Time has flown, and to your point, I've worked with a lot of amazing individuals and had a chance to impact and support our community. So, between myself and Diane Dobson, the CEO of the Chamber. Um, we identified a need to further provide additional resources for our community uh, on DEI because a lot of our small businesses and organizations just don't have the same access that larger corporations do. So mm -hmm. this time last year in May, we came up with a brainchild of having of leveraging the community conversation platform to do one specific to the benefits of and advances of DEI in the workplace. Um, we have some great partners we partnered up with, and you'll hear from her the Renton, the Renton City, City of Renton, and uh, the Chamber of Commerce, and a lot of other good, great community partners who help to advise us and, uh, and support us along the way, such as you know, Rock Project Management Services, Renton Technical College, Dr. Linda Smith. It's been an amazing endeavor. 
but we started on a, we started actual programming last September, and on a monthly basis, we provide a forum of conversation. Typically, it's the third Thursday of each month, in which we provide expertise topics and talking about DEI subjects that are important to us as we also engage our community in workshop activities. So how do people typically get involved in the workshops? How are you guys conducting those right now? Sure. So so right now they're done virtually online on Zoom and you register ahead of time and I'm sure we'll, at the end of this we'll mm-hmm. get the specifics of how to navigate there. Um, but it's a it's a call in, and we traditionally have about fifty to ninety people on these calls. And we'll have you know we'll have panel local uh, resident experts speaking about certain subjects and topic matters. So, Sean, before we jump too deep into that, can you just give your definition of of what DEI from your perspective encompasses? So, I mean, I think a lot of us initially think diversity and how we have the diverse perspectives on our team, but the DEI kind of leverages the entire full package, and it's not necessarily just how the diversity is, but the impact on how you engage the team and make it more inclusive so you have an engaged workforce, as well as to be able to identify and relate with community members um, out out in the community. And I think that's such an important set of conversations for us to be having because we're in this period of time on the planet that we've had the most diversity we've ever seen, not just of ethnic groups and cultures, but also age groups. Because this is the first time on the planet that we've had five generations all still within the workforce mm-hmm. right now. And a boomer is going to have a different point of view than a millennial versus a Gen Xer versus, you know, the Gen Z coming or Gen Y coming up behind, you know, the millennials. So I think these are great conversations for us to have. Yeah, and it's also the viability of our businesses and organization, how they're able to, you know, compete and engage with uh, with with other businesses and other mm-hmm. community, whether Absolutely. it be language access and community and access to additional resources. I mean, so many times if we just use the traditional systemic pipelines, it just leads, you know, it it leaves people behind. It leaves organizations behind. It doesn't give them the, the same level of competition status. How do you how do you measure uh, success, like if you're you're counseling, coaching a, a small business, you know what, what are kind of some of the steps that you would take to kind of help get them going in the right direction on that? You know, I mean, measure, measuring success is is really facilitating dialogue. A lot of people don't even know where to start the conversation, and that's why we're providing this platform just to give people a safe space to ask questions to further their, their learning journey. So our measurement of success is, is also kind of dependent upon that. Okay, gotcha. And, okay, so so tell me a, a little bit about your program. So are you facilitating, so you're doing workshops and things like that to kind of get that get that process started? Yes, we, well, we host, we host workshops with specific uh, subjects um, and then Benita, who we'll hear from soon, um, is our key moderating key moderator in this, and we'll have panelists representing, you know, local local businesses who will speak to their experiences and the importance of. We had, you know, 
We had the, uh, the VP of Diversity and Inclusion, the Seattle Seahawks, as one of our key experts. And then we've had other subject matters. Okay. All right. Well, we're going to have to go into a break here real quick. So I think when we get back from this break, we are going to go ahead and welcome Benita Horn into the conversation with us. And uh, listeners, you're going to want to stick around because there's going to be some uh, interesting content coming up and uh, some eye-opening conversation, I think, to be had. We'll be right back with Open House with Team Reba. Open House with Team Reba on AM 1590. The answer. Now, back to Open House with Team Reba. Welcome back to Open House with Team Reba. I'm Eric Ostinus from Homebridge Financial Home Mortgage. And I'm Reba Hass from Team Reba. And we're here every Saturday from 2 to 3 o'clock bringing information on finance Mm -hmm. and real estate and some DEI stuff today. Yes, and we're also on Sundays from 3 to 4 if you want to have a repeat version of that and always on podcast. That's right. Any of the podcasts, just look up Open House with Team Reba Mm -hmm. and you will find 200 plus episodes over 220 220 yeah it's a lot almost we're coming up on six-year anniversary soon but uh i want to get to our next guest benita horn um the inclusion and equity consultant for the city of renton welcome benita well thank you i'm just delighted to be here i uh you know i actually have uh my own consulting business i'm a, a business in renton where i've lived for over 30 years and uh, it's a consulting practice, and my, my um, Benita R. Horn and Associates. And the focus of my consulting is organizational development through a social justice lens. Okay. Because in my experience, the two are, are, inter- are interchangeable and, and, and necessary together. And so, um, oh, about six years ago, um, I was uh, asked by the city of Renton to, uh, to contract with them part-time as their inclusion and equity consultant. And so, it, you know, it, it was a one, it's been a wonderful marriage. The first time I've had a chance to work in my hometown, and I've learned a lot about my city government that I didn't know before. So, so it's been marvelous. Well, I was going to say, I hope I hope it was all positive experience because I think sometimes people don't always. I, I'll just say that only because Eric and I have a lot of shows where we're talking about the Seattle City Council, and we're not always a fan. Mm. <laughs> but in Renton, as you guys know, I of course live there, um, and and I enjoy it. I'm always very very engaged because on on the board with the chamber as well as the college, and and that's one of the things I also love about um, the city is how diverse it is. We have one of the most diverse cities in the area. And uh, that's, again, why I think these conversations are so important because we we need to be having these conversations because we're all here at the table together or we need Absolutely. to be at the table together. Absolutely. A lot of, of new residents say that they moved to Renton because of the diversity. And about 51% of our population now is people who are black, indigenous, or people of color. So uh, that's reflected in art and culture and restaurants and businesses and so it's 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 uh it's it's a thriving growing community you know i do a a lot of work in my practice i primarily focus on working with government and uh human services or nonprofit organizations and one of the things that i think sets city of renton apart uh from other governments is their approach they have uh prioritized inclusion by making it one of five goals in their strategic business plan. And and so there is no confusion. As a matter of fact, that plan is co-created 
by all of the leaders of the city and updated every year, whether they're elected or appointed. So the entire leadership team shares the same priorities uh, in terms of what's important and where resources should be allocated. So for this reason, the city has really begun to get into areas of systemic change that remove roadblocks and barriers for whole communities. For example, in hiring uh, several years ago, they, they, they in, uh, actually took their hiring practice through an equity lens and found that there were some opportunities for change and uh, in, introduced 15 strategies. They've just begun work in the last few years on equity in contracting for, uh, for uh, vendors and for small and disadvantaged and um, minority and women-owned businesses to make sure that, that it's easy for them to do business with the city when there are opportunities. But, you know, when, you, when the city um, works on systemic issues within the city, um, one of the things that brought them to the table, and they invited me to join the team, Priti Shadar, Deputy Administrator of Public Affairs, is actually the city's lead in this partnership, is because there's only so much a city government can do. The conversation has to expand throughout the community. Right. And, and people throughout the community need to be informed. And, and for years, some of our larger organizations, like Renton Technical College, Bowling, uh, Valley Medical Center, you know, have, have been working on their own uh, versions of equity programs. But there are big barriers for, you know, small to medium-sized businesses who may not have the capacity to have staff who can do the research and provide the training. So this whole partnership through the chamber was to really bring, make this information accessible. Uh, you know, what we envisioned was, you know, providing useful tools on a monthly basis, resources, um, panels of, of people with a wide array of expertise to talk about, you know, what diversity, equity, and inclusion means to them. Uh, go, you know, like pick up and grab resource sheets, articles to read, survey instruments, you know, things that normally would take an organization some time and staff effort to uncover. We're trying to make this available at large to our, our business community, our nonprofit community, to our community at large, so that, um, you know, we can have that kind of collective impact where we're looking to remove barriers to equity across all segments of the community. And so this is the, uh, the vision of the uh, chamber, is that we start with a conversation and then begin to move together and, and just make the conversation a conversation that's easy to have. Well, and one of the things I'll say that as a chamber member, not just someone who's on the board, and being a small business owner myself, you're right, Benita. I like I don't have access to big, high-powered HR, you know, departments or or attorneys or any of that type of thing. And so, for someone like myself, uh, who works with a very diverse population of clientele and has always tried to have a diverse set of people in my team. And, you know, had to have all these different points of view. Uh, it's, it's so key to be able to have access to something like this, especially in today's environment where this is a very, you know, front forward discussion that, it, that is happening quite a bit in this last year with COVID and, and the Black Lives Matters movements and everything else really bringing everything to the forefront. I mean, it's just so timely and so perfect. 
and 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 just it's such a valuable tool and this doesn't cost anyone anything does it no it doesn't cost anyone anything all they need to do is you know tune in to the the zoom link uh once a month and you know they'll get the opportunity to hear people from a wide array of roles in the community and uh and have a chance to ask questions They'll have a chance to be introduced to materials and information that they can use in their work site and then actually have a chance to uh, talk to others about that in small breakout discussions. Um, you know, we're, um, you know, we have, we recognize, and I know uh, Zenobia Harris is on the line. She's going to talk later. But, you know, but this is an issue beyond renting. And so, yes. you know, the Trent Chamber has also joined, uh, joined in the partnership. And, and Zenobia will talk about that and some of the work that she's done. But, you know, for example, we have had, um, you know, pa- panels sharing their perspective, what they're doing in their organization and why, how they got started. You know, we are right in the middle of a two-part segment. Uh, part one was in, in April, and part two will be our May 27th session, the impact of prejudgment and bias. And so mm-hmm. part one, we had a chance to listen to a renowned uh, business owner in this area uh, who is um, a black man in, uh, uh, in a, segment, a sector of business that's not that's traditionally been all white, and, uh, and to share his perspectives and lived experiences. And then in the May session, we're actually going to look at part two of the impact of prejudgment and bias and look at implicit bias and what are some specific tools and strategies that we can use to diminish implicit bias, which is inherent in all of us. Can and you give some? How, you know, look at how that impacts our, our business, our customer <laughs> service, how we treat staff. So, Benita, um, I know, Benita, just a a question, though. Can you give some examples, help help our listeners understand when you're talking about these strategies, what, like, what are some specific strategies that have been successful? Okay. Well, for example, from, you know, uh, you know, as individuals, there are some specific things we can do. We can, for example, use uh, a reflective practice. Uh, around stereotyping so that we catch ourselves stereotyping or thinking something stereotypical and usually this pops into our minds from our unconscious you know when we see a particular person or 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 observe an interaction to name it to say you know what Benita I just I just stereotype that person Mm -hmm. do I really know that person where did that stereotype come from and Mm -hmm. it's a reflective process to move that from my unconscious into my conscious awareness so that I can begin to be more conscious of that, of the fact that that stereotype is one that pops up in my mind and be more conscious about avoiding that use to begin to look for different images and and diminish negative images that I might have of a person simply because I connect them with a particular group. Right. You know, we've had, you know, we've had uh, people in our community of Asian ancestry, for example, mm-hmm. who've been targeted, you know, uh, verbally and sometimes physically uh, by other members of the community because of a lot of that hype that said, you know, COVID is an mm-hmm. Asian virus. And, yeah. uh, you know, and so, you know, the tricky thing is our unconscious. If it hears the same thing over and over again, seven to ten times, in our unconscious, we adopt that as true. 
Mm-hmm. And so it's filed away. We don't know it's there. Mm-hmm. We see a person from that group and up it pops. Right. Uh, well, and it's something know, that, that, that people grow up around, too. I mean, yes. I'll, I'll be real clear. Like, so a book that I just finished reading called Blink, which is by uh, Malcolm Gladwell. Oh, yes. Great yes. book that is very supportive about this conversation that we're having because um, it does help you start kind of listening to some very interesting um, concepts around implicit bias and, and where those things come from. Cause I, I'll tell you for a fact that like growing up in the Midwest, um, one of the things I always kind of joke about with Wichita, Kansas is that it's, you know, at least there, you know who the racists are because they self segregate, but that's not necessarily the way it is everywhere else. And I've, I've personally had a lot of, um, direct action around these kinds of things that people don't always expect. So we're going to get Zenovia on after we get done with this break. And Benita, we'll be talking about this more. Wonderful. Back to Open House with Team Reba. Back to Open House with Team Reba. I'm Reba Hess of Team Reba, Remax Metro East Side. And Eric Osmond is here from Homebridge Financial Home Mortgage. And uh, we have such an amazing topic going on right now. I know it's not probably a common thing for something to, or for something to talk about in real estate or people think about with real estate. But I have to say, one of the reasons that I find this an important subject for us to make sure and highlight is not only because the community that I live in, but working in real estate. There's fair housing. And when we were dealing with a lot of the things that were going on in the world in the last year, um, conversations within the real estate community started coming up and there were agents who were saying, hey, I don't know if I should say anything about how I feel on certain subject matters. And I kept looking and I would see this in all kinds of online forums and I would speak up and say, we have fair housing. How can you not say something? Mm Mm-hmm. Like the whole point of the Fair Housing Act was to provide equity right. and Elim- inclusion, eliminate <laughs> redlining right? and, and steering and all those and, types of things. Yeah, and to get rid of those CCNRs, those mm-hmm. conditions, covenants, and restrictions that had been in communities, and to break those barriers down. Mm-hmm. And so, for me, this is a, a topic that, at least in my workplace, is important to me. Um, but also in my personal life has been important to me because I've been in you know significant relationships with people from different cultures and ethnicities than mm-hmm. myself, of and and dealt with you know the situations around that right. and how people reacted. Well, so honestly, I'm so it's, thrilled. It's just good business. Yes, because you who are who are your customers, who are your clients, and you mm-hmm. need to have a workforce that reflects yes that you know that customer base. One hundred percent true. Yep. Yeah, so, so I, I'm going through a program right now, which is um, with Darren Hardy, his hero's journey. And uh, one of the things that is a, a major point of conversation inside of it is is exactly what we're discussing right now. So um, I don't want to go off into all my own personal stuff, but so far we have with us, we have Sean Greenlee with us, as well as Benita Horn. But I want to introduce Zenobia Harris now. Zenobia, you still there with us? I'm here. Hello, Reba. Hello, Eric. Yes. Yeah, thanks for being here. So um, give our listeners just a quick synopsis of who you are and what you do and how you're tied into this wonderful program. Yeah, well, wonderful. So my name is Zenobia Harris, and I'm the CEO for the Kent Chamber of Commerce. And um, the Kent Chamber of Commerce, if you don't know, is uh, the sixth largest city in the state of Washington, third largest in King County, and happens to be the eighth most ethnically diverse city in the nation. And so I, as a 
CEO for the chamber and the first African-American to lead this particular chamber here in the state of Washington. And um, the way I got connected with this is what I call my sister in chamber, Diane Dobson, CEO for the Renton Chamber. Uh, when you're looking at diversity and equity, you have to look at it from a regional approach, mm-hmm. um, statewide approach, nation approach, right? And so she reached out to me not only because um, I'm a chamber executive, but I also uh, am a DEI certified professional, which means I go into organizations and talk about uh, specifically implicit bias and how it impacts us on an educational level. And so that's really our role with the chamber is to uh, widen the reach, uh, be there regionally with uh, the chamber as they continue to provide resources and open dialogue for this conversation. Um, And because I have that designation of of being a certified diversity professional, our role at the chamber really is to take the community conversations into practical application. And so anyone that is looking to um, continue that conversation specifically within their organization, um, because, you know, DEI is not a one-size-fits-all. It's going to be different. And so our role is to kind of come up with these specific aspects of DEI that they can implement to help move their bottom line and their organization forward. So, I, Sorry, I was going to make a joke about the, you know, get your bottom into getting down on your bottom line, but <laughs> sorry, I make a lot of not great jokes all the time, so just ignore me. But, um, you know, you, you said, Zenobia, that in some of the work that you're doing with DEI, that you're coming at it from the educational perspective. Did I hear that correctly? Yes. Do you mean like actually within schools or just educating in general? Good question. So that's education specifically. So within the higher education realm. So I go in and speak with faculty members about how bias affects their students. Um, So that's what I mean by education, like within colleges and community colleges and universities. No, that's fantastic. I'm glad to hear that it's, it's, it's there at that level as well. So even before you're in the workforce. Yeah, it definitely is important, right, because intergenerational diversity is really important. Uh, we're at a unique place right now, but more importantly, the, 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 bonus, the, the bonus and the benefit of having a diverse group means that you, it's not all about race, right? Mm-hmm. It is about um, different generations. It's about uh, different skill sets. It's about, you know, pulling in, does everyone really need to have a bachelor's degree in the room, or do we need some grassroots people that have been out, you know, kind of pounding the pavement? That's when we're looking at diversity, and that's the great thing about these community conversations. We're bringing in speakers that really, re, you know, uh, widen the reach on diversity. It's not about it's not about race. It's about equality and equitable practices and breaking down systemic racism. So, um, yeah, the the diversity we have to take a step back and look at it. Why does this impact my industry? So mm-hmm. even when you talked about real estate, why is that important? Every industry needs to understand that um, if there are systemic racism built within that system, it's going mm-hmm. to it's built to keep people out. And so our job is just kind of uncovering that, showing people what they are, and then going the next step. Well, which is, well if you see that bias, this is what you do. I'm really glad that you're kind of a, approaching it from that angle because. I don't know. I, it, there's some real dangers that this can be applied the wrong way, and instead of bringing people together, it can create even more division. You know, if you're if you're kind of sec- separating people based on this trait or that trait or this color or that color, mm-hmm. um, I, I I fear that does more damage than than it does oh, know, be, be helpful. Yeah. And um and and I know a lot of people are fearful of even that word DEI for that 
that very reason they they associate it with quotas you mean the acronym <laughs> i do the, the acronym not the people yeah of course I'm yeah afraid. absolutely um, and, and it's like i said earlier though i mean you you you're a, a successful business will 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 be as diverse as they possibly can mm-hmm. because then that this expands your 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 um you know your your client base so it's it's kind of just good business it's good common sense oh yeah so how do you how do you reconcile all that Zenovia, I mean, how do you you teach that? Well, well, first of all, um, I appreciate you know you saying it's an acronym, but from my standpoint, these, those are just three separate words that we like to put together, yeah. um, and so they can be separate. You can be diverse and not inclusive, right? Mm-hmm. And you can be mm-hmm. inclusive but not diverse, mm-hmm. and you can be equitable but but not diverse, right? And so, yes, mm-hmm. it is an acronym, but you have to look at DEI completely separate. Diversity being its own, inclusion being another. And I'll give an example for someone who's like, well, I thought it was all one big thing, right? Let's say you have a board of directors, and that board is very diverse from a picture standpoint, from aesthetically. You've Mm -hmm. got black people, white people, whatever. And then it comes down to decision-making time, right? Is it that only the black people in the room are able to make the decision or is it just the white people in the room? Is it the males that make decisions and not the women, right? So on paper, aesthetically, you look very diverse. Mm -hmm. You check that box. But then when you talk about inclusion, what does Mm -hmm. that really look like? And so when folks feel included, then that's when you bring in this equitable and they feel like they're valued uh, within that Mm -hmm. organization. Absolutely. That's what brings the entire organization up. Absolutely. Um, I think so many groups have, uh, you know, they have a mandate. We need a we need a DEI person mm-hmm. or we need a DEI <laughs> department. And uh, But they don't know what it means. They don't know what that means. <laughs> At all. Yeah. Well, this so, is one of the reasons I've also enjoyed working on the foundation board for Renton Technical College. And, um, you know, Dr. Kevin McCarthy, who's the president of the, of the school, makes a very specific case all the time because that it's such a diverse student base and with the, the many programs they have, it's a lot of different um, professions, right? Mm-hmm. So it's anything from mm-hmm. guys who work on cars to people who are in uh, the medical or legal fields or massage therapists. I mean, they're all over the map, culinary. Mm-hmm. And the instructors there, uh, you know, he, they work very hard to make sure that the instructor base reflects who their student base is as well and i just i appreciate that and our foundation board uh carrie shaw who's the executive director there has worked very closely with him on choosing like how because i'll I'll just give an example you guys and you can tell me if i'm completely off base on this but when i first joined that board um to eric's point there were a lot of certain industries represented Mm -hmm. and and we realized we're like we're not reflective of even the programs that we have here. We need to bring in more diversity all around by the, the kinds of trades that are, are being taught as well as um, the industries that we're just having here generally. That's a real tough challenge. It you is. Know? And, and I, I've been in, set on, on nonprofit boards in the past, and we, well, to be perfectly honest, a bunch of like white people sitting around. We're like, how do, we, how do we do this? How do we get started? Where do we go? How do we reach out? How do we kind of change the, the, the makeup of mm-hmm. that board? And um, and I think a lot of folks need help with that. Yeah, yeah. I, I think they do. That, that's a great point um, that you make. And even when you're looking at it from a business standpoint, right, a lot of businesses and I have kind of come up the ranks in all organizations where I worked. And if I could see someone that looks like me, sounds like me, talks like me, that is a decision maker, that makes me want to stay. That makes me want to contribute. And so the same thing 
goes for education. If your uh, population is diverse, then um, you want to make sure that the folks making the decision are diverse. And then the folks taking those programs see people that look like them because that's what we call in this world a trusted messenger just by design because they look like you. They feel like there's this, you know, there's this instant connection. So making sure as an organization that, yes, if you do have a DEI professional on staff, I think everyone should have some sort of consultant or DEI professional, but also be, be careful where you house that person. How much impact do they have? And does it look so hard that no one else wants to do it, right? Um, uh, so, so it's important for businesses to understand it is a hard task to take on, but really if you look at it separately, if you, 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 you take that DEI and you separate those, you can start to tackle one thing at a time. You're not going to, uh, without professional help, I think, you know, be able to accomplish that quickly um, and uh, all, all at once. You need to separate that. And a lot of organizations and boards need to understand that. If you have diverse by aesthetics, then now your next step is to um, take note on, is it inclusive? I love your approach on this. That's probably some of the best said that I think I've heard in a long time about mm-hmm. the approach for all of this. So I appreciate that you are, are bringing that to all of our attention. So we have uh, one more segment. So if all of you can just hang on for our little break here, we will um, wrap this up with some of you guys' final thoughts on programs that are coming up and uh, other things that you think our listeners can do to get to be part of that conversation. We'll be right back. Open House with Team Reba on AM 1580. The answer. Now back to Open House with Team Reba. Welcome back to Open House with Team Reba. I'm Eric Osnes from Homebridge Financial Home Mortgage. And I'm Reba Hass from Team Reba. And we have lots of really interesting guests on today. Thank you so much for joining us all. Sean, Benita, Zenovia. Sounds like um, countries of some sort. Yes, I'm Benita from Zenobia. <laughs> oh my gosh, seriously? <laughs> I think you need to go attend some of these classes. <laughs> All right. So yeah, we're here, we're here talking today about DEI, diversity, equity, and inclusion. We have some wonderful guests, Sean Greenlee, Benita Hornin, Zenovia Harris. Um, but I'm going to go, you know, if, if you've been listening throughout the show today, you're familiar with who everyone is. But Sean, I'm going to go back to you real quick because so, we're talking about this program that's um, partnered between the Renton and Kent Chambers. What are the upcoming conversations that you're going to have for the community uh, program? Yeah, absolutely. So thank you again. I mean, definitely, I mean, the past ones are all archived on YouTube, um, but the most recent one being uh, implicit bias and overcoming, but future events. And as we mentioned, we're having these on a monthly cadence. We'll be having hosting such topics as creating an inclusive workplace, employee resource groups, neurodiversity, how to conduct an organizational assessment, how to, how to accommodate and work with employees with disabilities and receiving feedback. So a lot of exciting work constantly evolving and looking for, for future input as what's relevant during the current events. Um, and, and also, you know, we are definitely open to sponsorship. If somebody wants to sponsor future programming, it could allow us to create and lead workshops for our community members and businesses and organizations. Yeah, because I was going to say, none of these things can happen necessarily in a vacuum. I mean, it does require people being engaged and involved, and that means some resources to host all of these things. The Chamber itself is uh, an organization that kind of lives and dies by its membership as well as sponsorships for programs just like this, and these help our community thrive. 
you know, and and become mm-hmm. good uh, corporate citizens. Absolutely. So, yeah, okay. and, and I'd be remiss if I didn't give credit to a TSC who has provided us some sponsor dollars, as well as the city of Renton for leveraging their assets in support of this program. Fantastic. So you mentioned the YouTube channel. So um, just so our listeners know, it is the Renton Chamber of Commerce YouTube channel where you can go and find these community conversations. I actually love when you guys came up with this, that you um, spelled community with unity in caps, because it really is is trying to emphasize that unified, you know, community out there and truly bringing everyone together. And I, I appreciate that so much. Okay, so we've got um, future topics that we're covering um, already. Sponsorship, obviously, yes, we'd love that. Um, Benita, talk about why it's so important to get involved in this real quick. You know, we as human beings are, are not much inclined to launch conversations about things like diversity, equity, inclusion, um, institutional forms of oppression, racism, sexism, ageism, so forth. Uh, and so our whole goal is to create a, a, a courageous space, a brave space. We, you know, we can't ever say safe. Nobody can make everything 100% safe. But to create a brave space for people to have open conversations on these topics, to talk to each other, not only listen to the participants, um, to <coughs> excuse me, get their questions answered, and to take away resources that they can use. Yeah, I think most people, they're just afraid. They're afraid of looking wrong or judgment. And, uh, you know, I honestly, I think if, if people are willing to at least open up to conversation and have an open mind, that that's going to make all the difference, right? I mean, because right. yeah. we, we are humans built on fear. There's a book called Sapiens that talks a lot about, you know, it's like the thing that kind of separates us from every other animal on the planet is this brain, this big brain we have, but that brain is still wired like an animal and totally can work against us at times. And often it, does. It, it yeah. can, it can. And so the biggest, the biggest opportunity is to just show up. Yeah. And even, even if the first couple of times you just want to be um, an observing participant and hopefully we, we hope that it, you'll it evolve into an engaged participant but just show up, and, and and it's a way to expand our circle of comfort. Yeah, because oh, well, I think if someone does come first as a participant, it, you know, just watching and observing, they're going to start learning the language, right? It, it is like learning a language where you you're not going to be perfect at it when you start off, but the the idea and the goal is to keep working at it so that you can get to some proficiency and some some true understanding of of this this thing that may may have been foreign to you before but or you just want to expand you know what you already have mm-hmm. so absolutely I, yeah absolutely and and we all have our own lived experiences we all bring experiences knowledge expertise that we don't even know we have to the table mm-hmm. and that's the value in these forums of of sharing that collective wisdom couldn't agree more. Now, there is another program coming up, and I want to make sure, Zenovia, that you get an opportunity to talk about that. Um, let us know about this this program on June 23rd. Yeah, so together, the Kent Chamber, the Seattle South Side, and, of course, the Renton Chamber, the leader here, is bringing together uh, the 2021 Pacific Northwest Equity Summit or Economic Equity Summit, and it's a free it's free for folks to attend. It's going to be hosted via Zoom, so you're able to uh, register and register your organization. We're bringing together subject matters, industry leaders, um, legislators to talk about 
topics of equity within healthcare, housing, and policy. And so it is June 23rd from 11 a.m. until 1 p.m. It's free to register, but as always, we are looking for some sponsors to bring in our speakers. Right now, we have Kaiser Permanente, Highline College, Multi-Service Center, and South King Media as some of the sponsors. We'd love for you to join. Um, this is going to be a wonderful event and a great conversation to help move um, equity, the equity needle um, as it relates to healthcare, housing, and policy. Now, is that, is that going to be a Zoom meeting or is that a live meeting? It's going to be Zoom. Uh, it's going to be a Zoom meeting. Okay, a live gotcha. Zoom meeting. I mean, I mean <laughs> in person. I don't even know what to call it anymore. <laughs> I don't want to be on that dead Zoom meeting, yeah, please. No. That was last week's show. <laughs> yeah. Oh. Oh, yeah, we were talking probate last week. So, okay, gotcha. All right, so <laughs> once again, June 23rd, 11 to 1 p.m. And how, how can someone register for that? They can just go to, uh, uh, they can send an email to Preston at SeattleSouthsideChamber.com, or they can go onto the KentChamber.com website and look under our events page, and you'll see it for June 23rd. Now, let's bug Preston. Yeah. <laughs> so, okay. You, you said this was also in uh, concert with uh, the Renton Chamber. Do they also have it on their website? Do you know? Yeah, you can actually go to the Renton Chamber, the Kent Chamber, or the Seattle Southside Chamber, okay. and you will find the Pacific Northwest Equity Summit. Okay, and the Renton Chamber's website is GoRenton.com, in case you're going to go look for that. So um, so that is a pretty – we actually had the Multiservice Center here yeah, on the sure show. Did. Yeah, a couple yeah. months ago. Yeah. yeah, and that's an amazing program. So I love that they're doing the sponsorship of that. And are they speaking at that too or just sponsoring? I believe they're just speaking. So we have some legislators speaking. We have someone from Kaiser coming on to speak um, as it relates to health care. So we have a variety of different speakers. And what's unique about this event is we're going to have the conversation, what are the inequities? But we also are going to bring in community leaders and uh, small nonprofits to talk about what's a solution for an inequity in health care? What is a solution for an inequity in housing? And so they're going to be kind of pitching. We call them pitch presenters. They're going to be pitching that idea to this community of people that really can make a difference. Um, and so we're also looking for pitch presenters. So all of this information can be found on GoRenton.com uh, website. Okay. I'm super excited to hear about this program. I'm, I'm sorry I hadn't heard about it before, but I'm glad we're getting a chance to put it out in front Absolutely. of our listeners right mm -hmm. now because those are some very important topics that need to be discussed. We talk about the, high, the housing issues here. We've had numerous nonprofits on talking about affordable housing, getting people out of homelessness, jobs, and you know just so many different topics. So these are perfect for any of our listeners who are wanting to dive deeper into those subject matters and to really hear from experts on uh, maybe potential solutions for those. Absolutely. So, some, thank you. Some really fantastic um, takeaways from that. We really want to thank all of you for joining us today, Sean, Benita, Zenovia. Uh, super interesting conversation today and hope we can have you on again sometime in the future. And thanks for doing what you're doing with the community. Absolutely. All right. Well, that wraps up another uh, episode of Open House with Team Reba. Thanks again for listening. Join us every Saturday, 2 to 3 o'clock p.m. and Sundays, 3 to 4. Have a great weekend, everyone. Thank you for listening to Open House with Team Reba. To contact us, visit Team Reba at Remax Metro Eastside on Facebook or email info at teamreba.com. Join us again next Saturday afternoon at 2 for more Open House with Team Reba here on AM 1590. The answer.
preceding program was sponsored by Team Reba of REMAX Metro East Side and Eric Osnes of Homebridge Financial Services.